Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Scott is on assignment in Montana this weekend and the Flesh family is here and taking over Sportsman of Colorado for this week. We have been lucky enough to go with Bushman's Quiver to uh, South Africa about two or three weeks ago, Janet. Well, how long ago was it? It was three weeks ago. Yeah, very nice. And uh, before we get started, maybe we first talk about who I have in studio today. So I have my wife, Janet. And I have my kids, Addie, Kendall, and Mackenzie. Can everyone say hello? Hi. Hello. <laughs> what up? So, <laughs> so we, have a, uh, we have a fun show. We're going to talk uh, all aspects of our trip, uh, from the planning to when we actually got there and what we did, all of the amazing things we saw, and all the wonderful experiences and memories that we had as a family. Right, right everyone? Yes. yes, it was fantastic. Nice. And then, uh, and then probably also. So this is the deal: if you are in the market for or have ever thought about doing a safari, um, this is the show to listen to, especially with your family, right? Right. I mean, the, the idea is is that Bushman's Quiver is more than just hunting and and all the things that Scott and Red have talked about and all of the things that are wonderful to do. But this show is going to be a little different because we're going to talk about sort of what we did in the way of planning a, for safari and to going to the coast during uh, spring break and seeing all the things in the sea and penguins and then going down to Cape Town and, and getting to uh, climb Table Mountain and uh, going to wineries. I mean, we had a jam-packed week. Um, so we're going to try to get to a lot of it in this hour, but uh, primarily we're going to talk about, I think, the first couple of segments is uh, the safari and where we went, what we did, what we saw, and, uh, and how we got there. So I think the first thing, Janet, is because you had some experience going to Africa prior to this trip. So why don't you tell us about that and why you thought it was so important for our family to go at some point? So years ago way before I had even met Kevin and the flushed family five was a mere twinkle in my eye. Um, I went on safari in Kenya and Tanzania with some friends and it was such an amazing sort of life changing kind of trip that I always thought someday I wanted to take my family there. And so Kevin and I had talked about that and um, all the stars aligned and we decided that it was time to go over spring break this past year. So Mackenzie's a junior in high school, and Kendall and Addie are in eighth grade. Um, and we knew that they were at an age where they would be good travelers and could really appreciate this kind of a trip. And so the planning started really uh, two, uh, two shows. So two years ago, uh, two Januarys ago, when we met with Bushman's Quiver at the International Sportsman's Expo and said, okay, we're going to do this. Uh, and then this year is when we really sat down with them and sort of planned out, this is the amount of time that we have, this is how we're going to do it. And um, they helped us build a custom trip. They did. It was it was really amazing. Um, we talked to Stefan, the owner of Bushman's Quiver, and he, of course, had a lot of suggestions. Um, and based on those suggestions and kind of what our priorities were as a family, we identified some things that we definitely wanted to do and we were able to start sort of mapping out from a time frame perspective, how much time to allot to different 
types of activities. So it really was tailor made for us, which was which was really fantastic and made it just an incredible trip. The other thing that I think we all agreed with is that we went for basically eight days while we were in country that we could have gone realistically and gone another four or five or another whole another week and still had plenty of things to do. I mean, Kendall really wanted to go swim with the white sharks, right, Kendall? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> that was something that you were really looking forward to, getting in a cage and seeing, uh, seeing the sharks firsthand. And, uh, and so that we couldn't do just because of time. But otherwise, that was something on our, on our list. And, and I'm sure there was something, Addie, that you wanted to do that we couldn't do as well. I just can't think of what that was at this point. Do you have any ideas? Well, I wanted, I really wanted to ride the elephants, but we got the opportunity to do that. That's true. That's that's a good point. And Mackenzie, how about you? Did what? Did you get to do everything that you wanted to do? Yeah. While every single thing. Everything. Yeah. Played with lions. Yeah. What was probably the thing with regard to the interaction with the animals that you enjoyed the most? Um. Well, it was very cool to see, like, when we were playing with the lions, I'd never been able to do that because, well, they're always in the zoo. Yeah. Um, and then when we were on safari, we obviously couldn't get out of our car, so I couldn't even see them, like, without through a bead through a window. And, and what Mackenzie's talking about is we actually, it's something that you wouldn't be able to do in the United States, I don't think, but we actually were able <laughs> no. to get, get um, in a cage with lion cubs and interact with them. And uh, we'll probably have to put some stuff on, on our YouTube channel um, or Facebook relating to us being in the cage with these lions. But a pretty incredible experience, especially after um, we had been on safari for a number of days and seen lions in the wild and everything else. Um, so, so we do the planning, and, um, and then we get closer and closer to the date. And one of the things that I thought Bushman Square did a really nice job of is reminding, reminding us of really certain things that we needed to do or things that they thought were really important. One of them, of course, is if you're taking kids over to South Africa under the age of 18, you've got to make sure not only do they have to have passports, but they need to have birth certificates as well. Because, I mean, if we would have ended up at the airport that morning and not had them, we wouldn't have gotten on a plane. Right. Uh, th and that was pretty amazing that even um, the airlines didn't highlight that to us. Um, it was really Bushman's Quiver that gave us that insight. They require birth certificates, even of your own children, I guess, because of the issues that they have been having with human trafficking. So, um, so we were fully prepared. We had all of our documents. We had, um, even though it wasn't necessary, ne it wasn't necessary. We, we still got some, uh, shots and <laughs> pills for malaria and all of that good stuff. So we had taken care of all of that in advance. Right. And that was really important to do. It was certainly something that you had some concerns about because of your last experience when you were in Africa. But one of the things I can tell you from planning and that Scott and Red have said is that the amount of shots and the, the things that we did, um, most of the time you don't need it. And we were still going into areas that we were uncomfortable with, and so those were things that they helped us with to, to get through that process. Yeah, I was probably being an overprotective mom. <laughs> well, and that's understandable. <laughs> That's understandable. Well, so, all right, so um, we're not going to get into the flights right now because they're long and it's a long way to go, and, and you're all excited to get there to begin with. Um, but once we got to Johannesburg, then we met FC. And uh, does anyone have an opinion after spending a few days with FC on how he was as a guide and how you felt about your safety or anything else? 
He was a great guide. He always made sure we were having the best time. If we ever mentioned any bit of concern about anything, he would just make go out of his way to make sure we felt safe and comfortable and just had the best time. Yeah. yeah. And he did a really nice job, I thought, too, of interjecting, like, the different animals and sort of how they, they interacted with each other and, and helped, you know, us understand sort of, when, especially when we were in Kruger, about how, how just that whole biosphere worked. Um, I thought he was a really good resource for us. And, of course, he kept us uh, fed and, and uh, beveraged and everything else as well. Um, so, so we got to Johannesburg. Um, we were whisked away in, in their, their big van, and we were taken to the first uh, private reserve to stay overnight. And uh, we met Beauty and the staff there and, and saw, what, does anybody remember what animals there were inside the uh, compound that we were staying at? A meerkat <coughs> named Goosey. Yes. Yes. The meerkat. So let's talk about, before the break, let's talk a little bit about the meerkat and what we saw that first night. You get to South Africa and, and what you thought you would see and what you actually were able to experience right away. I mean, didn't we see a Cape Buffalo driving in, into the camp? Yes. Or a wildebeest. I don't remember which one it was. It was a Cape Buffalo. Okay. So there's, let's talk about... I'll go. I'll okay. go. Go ahead. So... Well, when we first saw it, it's... Um, You're talking about the meerkat. Though. Yes, the okay. meerkat. It was indoors, and we were really scared. We were afraid. So describe the meerkat for bad. the listeners. What, like, well, how big is it? It's like the size of a little puppy. I mean, isn't it... It's like from The Lion King, so... Right. You remember... And he's, and he's small. He's more like a weasel size, isn't he? Sort of... Yes. All right. So he's inside. We get there, and you're like, what is this? Yeah, we were really freaked out, and then they said that he was nice and that he was a pet and because instead of maybe a nice cat or dog for the three-year-old that they had, it was a mere cat. <laughs> and, so we, and then he started following you guys around. Yeah, well, and we were also holding him the whole time, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we, so we get the interesting thing about South Africa, certainly, and, and these private reserves is they're trying to keep the the wild animals out of the area that you're you're actually living in and so you have to go through a gate and you've got to go through the gate closes behind you and there's electric wire and everything else and that's really just to make sure that there aren't animals that can really hurt you that get in and once you get in then we, it was very comfortable and uh, we were able to stay in a, a lovely um, bungalow I guess I it was a bungalow wasn't it yep. yeah and then they had a main lodge and we had dinner and and got to spend time with the meerkat and meet everyone else and then talk about uh, what we're going to be doing the next few days. And, of course, once we got there, we learned that to go from where we were to Kruger National Park, where we went to safari, was four or five hours' drive. Um, the other thing that we learned is that to see animals, the best time to see animals are early morning and late afternoon. So we had to get up really early that first day and uh, drive down to Kruger so that we could um, we could start seeing the animals. And... But the drive down there was interesting, too, like you were talking about, Kendall, just going through the mountains and seeing what can be seen there. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the trip was seeing all the different geography of South Africa because it's so diverse. Like one minute you'll see like a lush forest and then you'll see like a plain. And so it's just so different, all the things you can see, and it's all beautiful. And, and then once we got into the plains, there, we started to see, remember the danger, the, the animal danger signs? All the different signs that we saw, the warthog. Yes, so I thought this was hilarious. So you know how 
in the States, you'll see like a child crossing sign, or maybe out here in Colorado, you'll see a, a deer crossing sign. Well, out there, they have these, uh, you know, warthog crossing sign and um, elephant, elephant rhino. crossing signs. Poor FC, I made him keep stopping so I could take pictures of all of these crossing signs. It's, uh, so even the trip down there, and, and certainly uh, it was a long trip to get there, and then we got to Kruger, we got into Kruger, um, and then we started, uh, we actually started traveling to with the camp that we were going to stay at. So I think this is a good spot probably at the next segment, then we're going to talk about the safari and what we actually did on safari and sort of how that went and um, what the amazing animals we saw and all of the things that they were doing together. Um, that will be in our next segment. and. And I don't think uh, at this point, Mackenzie, <laughs> are you comfortable? Yes, <laughs> um, I'm laying down. <laughs> much like the rest of our trip, we all had to take different uh, turns and sitting in comfortable places and, and uh, waiting for animals to come about is similar to our radio show today. And At any rate, when we get back, well, let's talk about Safari and uh, what a wonderful job that Bushman's Quiver did for us. I was hurt in a car accident. The bills were piling up and my insurance company was giving me the runaround. I didn't know what to do, but then I called a lawyer I saw on TV. That lawyer had all the tools and the knowledge to get me 1.2 mil- Whoa, whoa. When you're hurt in an accident, you need Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law, a lawyer that's going to take your case seriously and not treat you like some get-rich-quick scheme. Serious car accidents are traumatic and can completely disrupt your life. Kevin Flesh has the integrity to help you get your life back on track. He will fight for you to get what you deserve, but he won't treat you like a lottery ticket. After you've been in an accident, call Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 and make sure you will get someone who will do the right thing and get your life back. When people see the new, beautiful Cat Lodge at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they're pretty impressed. With its sleek condo spaces, stunning wall murals reflecting Colorado mountainscapes, custom-built cat trees made from real aspen and spruce, and a colorful and entertaining fish tank, we couldn't be happier to show it off. The Cat Lodge is a special place for cats of all ages and sizes to hang out when their families are away, providing much-needed peace and tranquility. Whether your special friend loves to lounge, nest, explore, or be entertained, you can rest assured that your special companion will find something that suits his or her fancy. The atmosphere is relaxing and stress-free and filled with cat-friendly activities and objects of interest. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, we understand how stressful it can be to leave a beloved pet behind when you have to be away. Call Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center with your questions about our new cat lodge and our cat boarding services. 303-708-8050 or visit LoneTreeVet.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado, and uh, we are talking about our safari with Bushman's Quiver, uh, all of the Flesh family is here, and so we wanted to give our listeners a, a sense of what the experience was of a family that goes over to South Africa um, to do a safari and to spend time over there, because this the thing about Bushman's Quiver is they do such a good job of, of planning these sorts of events, not just for people that hunt and for people that go over there to do other things and other pursuits like that, but you can go over as a family and really have a trip of a lifetime for, for yourselves and for your kids and for something to to really remember. And I and I think that 
this next segment, we're really going to talk about that because the heart, I think, of the week of our trip was the safari that we went on and talk about um, what we saw and what we did and the things that uh, we thought were really important. So, Janet, the, you, you did a really nice job of keeping track of some of the things that uh, happened right as they were occurring. And uh, so let's talk about your notes for the first hour that we were in Kruger National Park. Right. So... Again, our guide was um, FC, a very experienced safari guide, and he was. we were in an air-conditioned van, just our family and FC, which was really nice. It was very comfortable, and the great thing was that if we wanted to stop at a particular place and watch some animals along the side of the road, we could just ask FC, and he pulled over, and we could watch as long as we wanted to. We were at nobody on it no one else's schedule. So um, the first hour in Kruger, you know, you, it, you're basically sort of driving on these dirt roads. And um, I was, we were all just so amazed at how many different kinds of animals we saw right away. And so I just started jotting them down in my notes. And in the first hour, we saw elephants, giraffes, kudu, hippos, crocodiles, wildebeest, a tortoise walking along the side of the Leopard road. Leopard tortoise. Um, zebra, the Franklin bird, <laughs> and impala, which we saw many, many, many impala over the course of the, the, uh, the safari. But it was really, it was amazing to see just the breadth of uh, wildlife, the types of wildlife that we saw. And the interesting thing that I thought about all of the time that we were on safari is the fact that you're just driving along, and at any moment you could have that experience with a rhinoceros, an elephant, a lion, anything. Uh, one afternoon we saw cheetahs, um, which are pretty unusual to see. That that they just you just have to spend time out in the field, and and it's amazing what you see. One of the most uh, spectacular sights, I thought, was. Um, so one of our last mornings and it had been sort of an overcast morning and we came into, um, an area that was, there was a riverbed and sort of a small, um, rise behind the riverbed. And as we came into this, this clearing, essentially, we could see on this rise giraffes and there were some in front of us. And then we just stopped and watched them. And we kept seeing more and more. I kept saying it was like a scene out of Jurassic Park, like this this incredible no hillside. No dinosaurs, though. No dinosaurs, just giraffes. And then all of a sudden, a giraffe head would, like, peek up. And I think we ended up counting something like 15 giraffes. And and then also in this incredible, you know, tableau, there's, there's an elephant off to the side, and there's impala. And it was just really an amazing, spectacular experience. I think we individually had all... All of us had certain times in the trip that were really standout moments for us. Did you have any of those sorts of things, Addie? Yeah, well, I just really liked seeing how all of the animals would just, um, like, coexist. And it was, they were just all really peaceful. And it was like we were just um, roaming through their territory. And you've always seen these animals, like, on TV and National Geographic. But actually seeing it up close and personal, it's so surreal to actually be there and see all the animals. I, I think that I would agree with you that the other, the other interesting thing for me was that you're in an automobile, so you'd think that the animals would be scared of it, but they really acted like the, the automobile was sort of like a tree or some other inanimate object. So they would 
they would just do their normal thing. And, uh, yeah, we, I mean, remember, we saw elephants that would just walk along the road and, and they're eating and they're just doing what elephants do with no real care that they, you know, that there would be any problems with the automobile that we were in or anything else. I remember the first, the first afternoon when we were there, you, you had hippos and crocodiles down there where we came to that watering hole and there were those hippos and we watched them for a while. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting about this trip is if you, if we did sit in a particular place, things would evolve. There would be more animals there than you realized and you would just continue to see them. And in that particular case, we saw crocodiles and we saw all kinds of different birds and things that you didn't see initially that, that uh, really made an impact on me as well with all of the things that we could see. How about you, Mackenzie? Did you have any moments that you re really recall about the safari? Well, one thing <clears throat> that surprised me was, so when we were driving from the lodge to Kruger, I didn't realize that that was going to be the same car that we were going to do the safari in. So once we um, like were driving officially through Kruger, I didn't realize that that was the safari. Like that was, and so all of a sudden we started seeing elephants and we started seeing giraffes and I, it was crazy. <laughs> and and we did do the night drives, of course. So yes. um, we spent a couple of nights, which were which were different vehicles. They were open air vehicles. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you'd go out basically. So the way it worked with, uh, oh, we actually have Stefan on the phone from Bushman's Quiver. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey. Stefan, are you there? <laughs> I am here. What, what time is it doing? there? It's like, oh, I guess it's not that late, is it? Uh, it's nine o'clock at it's night? Not that, it's not that late. It's almost 930 over here. So we saw good. Now, Scott told me that you guys are doing the show. Uh, this morning, so I thought I would just call in and say hi and find out how you guys are doing and just make sure that you lie to everybody on me and tell them what good time you had over here. Well, we were going to spend the second half of the show of the stuff that we didn't particularly like, so it's perfect <laughs> timing. No, we were just gushing are you, about... Are, 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 you, are you sure one half is enough? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the whole family in, in the studio uh, talking about all of them. We were just talking about the highlights hi, relating guys. to the safari. Hi, Stefan. It's so good to hear your voice. Yes, good to hear your voice as well. <laughs> Are you guys well? We're well, yes, very much so. When is the time for the next fishing trip, Kevin? Yes, uh, well, I was I was just fishing yesterday on the Arkansas, so I will send uh, you some pictures. Okay. I'm so sorry to hear that, but <laughs> somebody has to do it, eh? That's exactly right. So how are things over in South Africa? <laughs> it's going well. Yeah, we're getting ready for another busy, busy month in May. We've got uh, some clients arriving here. Uh, next week, um, to be exact, I think it's Bullcastle. Yeah, he'll be he's from Denver. He's coming to hunt with us. And then I've got another father and daughter as well coming from the Denver area, um, Joe Airy. Nice. So they'll be with us for 10 days. So we're going to be up in Limpopo province, and then um, we're going to spend some time down here in the Cape as well. So oh, we're great. forward to that. Fantastic. And how are your, uh, how's the lodging working out? Have you got Have you got your new lodge all taken care of? Yes, yes, yeah. We we completed the the last bit last week, so we'll make sure to get all the photos up and running on the website as well, and I'll send you some photos as well. But it's looking really, really nice, and, and it's actually better than what I Fantastic. imagined that it would be. So we're very happy. Awesome, awesome. Well, that is great. Well, we really appreciated all the things that you did for us while we were there, and and. Uh, 
We were just at, girls. Do you have anything to say to Stefan while he's on the phone about your experience in South Africa and how? Ha oh, it looks like Addie does. Go ahead, Addie. Um, yeah, I was just gonna add when you're talking about the guides and FC as well. It doesn't feel like it's just a stranger and a guide like talking to you about all these animals. It kind of just feels like a friend or like another family member, and you can just like be yourself. And I totally even like forgot FC was with us and Stefan was with <laughs> us, and it just feels like another friend's with us. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. And we feel exactly the same way. You know, it's easy to, to make friends over here, especially with people that love nature and good people like you guys. So you also make our lives easy, and, uh, and I appreciate that. And, and thank you for trusting us to, to, to keep you guys safe and to make sure that you have a good time. I mean, you're thousands of miles away from home. So it's not an easy one to do, but yeah, thank you for that, and I hope we'll see you in the near future. Yes, for sure. Yes, yeah, Stefan, I just wanted to thank you for such an amazing trip, organizing every detail, um, making sure that all of our needs were met and that we were able to see and experience everything we wanted to. Um, it was really a fantastic trip of a lifetime I think and um, and it was really all due to Bushman's Quiver so thank you so much for the amazing amazing work that you and your team did and uh, and it was also so great to have an opportunity to meet and spend time with your family we really enjoyed that as well well and I appreciate you saying that thank you so much and we had a wonderful time with you guys and um, we really can say that we've got we've got some new friends uh, for life in you guys and um yeah you make our life easy thank you so much mm -hmm. i agree i mean the the uh, all of the things that we did in south africa were fantastic but the certainly the friendships and the things that you learn from the folks that you know stefan you and your family did such a nice job and an fc of giving us sort of the perspective of south africa and uh sort of the historical perspective as well and and just uh you really learn about the country and that's the immersion in that aspect was really important too, not just seeing all the animals. So uh, hats off to you guys and, and certainly hopefully anybody that's listening that's interested in going on a safari or doing a hunt, certainly bushmansquiver.com. You can get a hold of Stefan. Um, as you can tell, he's always available for you when you need him and uh, certainly willing to talk with you about all of your uh, safari interests and uh, all of your, your the, the excitement that people get. You don't realize how much uh, fun you're going to have while you're over there until until you get there and really experience it. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, you guys must have a wonderful and blessed day. And, like I said, I hope to see you in the near future. Absolutely. And we got to get you over here. And, yep, we got to get you over here to do some fishing. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> wait. Thank you very much. That's That was Stefan from Bushman's Quiver. I think this is a good time to take a break, and we will be right back. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. 
Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is proud of their 45 years of HVAC service to Littleton, Highlands Ranch, and Denver metro area. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is your Lennox and Carrier expert heating and air conditioning contractor. They are proud to offer the finest heating, air conditioning, and indoor air quality products with prompt and professional customer service and satisfaction. Call today and mention Haystack Help Radio and save $25 off any repairs or $100 off your furnace installation. Call 303-798-3880. That's 303-798-3880 for your appointment today. Littleton Heating and Air, A-plus members of the Better Business Bureau and official Haystack Help registered company. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. And we are talking about our safari today with uh, Bushman's Quiver. We've got everybody in studio talking about the highlights of, of where we were in the Limpopo region and Kruger National Park. And I think when Stefan had called in in the last segment, we had we finished all of the highlights relating to the safari? Because I thought we still had a few highlights yet that we had to cover. The night drive with the, with the lions walking down the road. Nobody thought that was interesting or and a highlight? And I've heard of about 40 or 50 elephants. Right. Or how about how about driving over the uh, <laughs> the the driving over the river and having that cobra on the? Uh, do you remember, remember seeing the cobra? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, or seeing all the birds. I mean, the, the bird life was just incredible. I love the Franklins. They they are my favorite. Um, but that's probably because I'm a bird hunter a bird hunter at heart. So, um, all right. So so th I think the other thing we should talk about with regard to the safari is the fact of where we stayed and, and how interesting I thought that was, that, that the camp was obviously behind a, a big fence, big electric wires, um, making sure, I mean, they had water right outside of the camp. So we sat f for dinner one night, and we had impalas, an elephant, uh, wildebeest, zebras. I, didn't, I don't remember if we saw any giraffes, but all of that was within... 100 yards of where we were having dinner, just hanging out, mm -hmm. as they do. So, all right, so that's the safari. Really cool. A lot of time in the car, certainly. But, I mean, with the girls, would you say that even though you spent all that time in the car, it was, it was well worth doing? Yeah, you don't really notice that you're spending, like, that hours pass by while you're in the car because you're watching so many different things. Um, and... It's just an amazing experience. I was also surprised that we didn't have a radio on. We didn't have anything really going on while we were driving around. It was just quiet, and you just were looking for animals. Yeah, you can really just look out the window for hours, really. And like Mackenzie said, you don't even realize the time passing, and then we'll get back, and they'll be like, oh, that was a six-hour drive or something like that, and you don't even realize it because it was so much fun. Right. 
All right, so we got done with the safari, and then uh, we had seen all those animals, but then we did some excursions that sort of highlighted just the animals in general, I think. And, and the excursions that we did were really interesting. Mackenzie uh, mentioned them briefly relating to the lion preserve, and we saw some other things there as well. It was a small zoo that we were able to interact with, with the animals, not just like through the bars of a cage, but actually in the cage with them. Um, we were able to ride elephants, which we'll talk about. We were able to see ostriches and be able to see the eggs and see uh, what the animals are like, actually sit on top of them. And, uh, and then we also saw penguins. I mean, in a 24-hour period, we were at an ostrich farm and uh, hanging out with those weird birds. And then the next day, we were on the coast uh, watching penguins in the wild. I mean, an incredible experience. So let's first talk about the lion preserve and all of the things that we did on that particular day. And Mackenzie, you you really thought that was a really enjoyable part of the trip. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just all lions. Um, there was also cheetahs, um, hyenas, tigers. But um, what our experience was is we got a special pass type thing, which would not happen in the United States. And um, we were able to go inside the cages of different animals. With uh, a guide. Yes, yeah, with a guide, and he told us if we could pet them or not. We could pet most of them, but he told us which ones we shouldn't pet. Like some of the males were more aggressive than others. Um, and then when we were interacting with the lions, um, <clears throat> they descended. It was the age went from older to younger. So we first interacted with lions that were about one or two years old. They were huge, like. It was in the it was in the morning, so all they were doing was sleeping, so they weren't really they were kind of harmless. But it was starting to get to become feeding time, and during feeding time, they do not let anyone in there. Um, and so it was really crazy to see those because their paws were bigger than our hands, and you could pet them, but they just wouldn't do anything because they were asleep. And then we went into we saw jackals, and then we went into other some other ones where what, there was maybe a three month old. Lion, lion yeah. yeah, who they had found that him in the wild because he was a white lion, and so his mother left him because he was different than all the other cubs. Oh, that's right. Um, and he was really sweet. The one he was with, he was with another uh, cub because so he didn't get lonely. But that cub was kind of feisty, and he just kept biting. So he played with the guide the whole time. Um, but it was really interesting just to see all the different animals and. Since it was feeding time, there was a truck that was just driving around, and the lions knew exactly what that truck was for, that they were going to be fed. And so once they got, once one section of the lions got fed, they would just roar so loud, and then all of them would do it. And it was really interesting to hear them. The the interaction with the the lion cubs themselves, it was interesting because we we had uh, one an individual that would be in there interacting with them all the time, so he knew sort of how they they acted and what they did and what you could and couldn't do. I mean, this we were still in a situation where even a three-month-old lion was, I mean, it bit the back of my leg and drew blood. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it was something that you still had to be careful of, right? I mean, we were yeah. still, it was, but it was still really interesting to see what they were like and how they reacted to human beings and, and other, other animals. Yeah, and it was also interesting once the bigger lions were ro roaring, the younger ones were also trying to. They weren't doing it. That so well. what? Do you remember what the other animals were that we saw? Um, there were some smaller was, cats too, right? Yeah, and there was uh, iguana and monkeys. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, the monkeys didn't like... Yeah, go ahead, Addie. Um, yeah, so they had some monkeys, and if you reached out, they would hold your hand. Right, this yeah. one monkey would hold your hand, but um, he didn't like females for yeah. some reason. So He didn't like older females. Right. Yeah. So um, if, like, my dad, for example, would go in, the monkey would shake his hand, but then if my mom, like, he wouldn't shake um, her hand, but then for some reason he would um, shake our hands, so maybe he thought we were, like, boys or something, <laughs> or we didn't look like women, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was just really cool. And going on with, with that, there was two older monkeys and then a baby as well, and they weren't huge monkeys of what you think. They were pretty tiny, um, and so when we were shaking, I mean, shaking hands, it was really, he was holding on to your finger. But if the baby came down and wanted to do that, then the mom got really protective. And right. then he changed totally, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. And I thought um, we saw, I think they're the smaller cats. Was it Caricatol or something like that? Um, yeah. Those cats were interesting because they were, they were bigger than house cats, but they weren't like the size of a mountain lion or anything like that. But you could tell that they were serious cats, too, and they had their own particular way of dealing with people coming into their cages. Um, and then we had that ring-tailed animal that we can't remember the name of it, but that jumped from shoulder to shoulder. Remember that? Yeah, there that was one? two of them. And once, like, we stepped foot inside the enclosure, and then all of a sudden it just um, <laughs> hopped onto our shoulders. And so then one of my sisters was really freaked out, and so then we had to go by her, and then it would hop onto another shoulder, and it kind of hurt, but... It's fine. Yeah. So that was the, the, the lion preserve and that experience that we had. And that was sort of a half day. Um, and it was just, real, for me, it was really interesting um, because you were able to interact and you were able to get a different perspective on the animals themselves and then how important just the value of that animal is to, the, to South Africa and, and how important it is that they, they continue to cultivate those animals in the wild. And it was, it was fun to, to see how they're really really taking care of that particular resource. So the next morning, though, on our way back to Johannesburg, then we got to go to the elephants, um, the family that had the elephants and the elephant excursion. So let's talk about that a little bit. So on my bucket list was to ride an elephant. So that was one of the main things that uh, I had told Stefan about in the planning stage. So, of course, that was taken care of. And this was actually um, an elephant preserve. All of the elephants there had been rescued or had been born there. And um, so it was an educational, there was an educational piece where they really taught us a lot about elephants. And then we had the opportunity to ride them for about a half hour or so. Each person, um, we were with a, a guide on an elephant. Some of the some elephants, there were two people riding with a guide. Some it was one person riding with a guide. And then um, then they had an opportunity for us to interact with the elephants. Oh, one thing to add is that the elephants were called trouble elephants. So they took them from the wild because they were um, destroying trees or just picking fights with other elephants. And so they were able, they take them in. And then since it's been going on for about 15 years about, um, there was babies too. Yeah. Right. So then they did, uh, a whole session where we were able to interact with the elephants. We got to feed them. They demonstrated, um, just how smart elephants are and, and what good memories they have and, um, introduced the elephants to three of the people in the crowd to Mackenzie and, 
Addie and then another woman, and then the elephant would go to them when their name was mentioned. It was it was really pretty amazing. So that was a spectacular day, especially for me, I think, because I've always wanted to ride an elephant. So I finally got to do that. And I think, Kendall, you were one of those that wasn't real sure about riding an elephant, and you even did. But what were your... What did you think about it after having the whole experience? Yeah, so I was initially um, pretty nervous to ride elephants because I've always been pretty afraid of larger animals. And so I wasn't so sure about it. But once we got there and we met like our guides and stuff, I just felt really safe. And we watched the elephants walk into their little enclosure area where we would get on them. And they were just so cute. And they were all like a family, and so I felt pretty safe, and um, it turned out to actually be very fun, and I enjoyed it. So, Addie, what did you think of the elephants? Yeah, well, if you, um, like, treat them right and stuff, they really are, like, just big, friendly giants, and um, it's funny because they're so big, but they act just like puppies, and um, you can see, like, how excited they get, Um and they do have a good memory, and they are really smart, and they, um, like, memorized our names, and they could pick us out, um, like, of a group of which one was Addie, which one was Mackenzie. So that was also really cool to see. I thought it was really impressive as to what we got in the way of information relating to how useful they can be to human beings and to themselves and just what they can do if, if put in the right position. We can certainly understand how they could be destructive because they're just giant animals. Um, but when you're riding them and you get to see how they interact with people and the positive things that they were doing with them, really a, a tremendous experience just talking about elephants in general and that resource. It was really, really quite amazing. And, of course, there was a meerkat there, too, as I recall. And, uh, and so we were able to spend a little time with them. And, and, uh, and you know, they, they, they were, did fun stuff, too. I mean, remember where they brought out the uh, big thing of water and they sprayed us with... with uh, at some point with that. Oh, the kick, in, the kick in the soccer ball was pretty interesting. One of the elephants was trained how to kick a soccer ball. I don't remember how exactly they, they got that, but uh, certainly that was something that uh, was just an experience that we will probably never, never have again. And, you know, thinking about when we see elephants in the zoo and what that sort of experience that we get here, and not saying that the Denver Zoo is bad in any regard, but just to see them in number one in the wild and the number two in that environment and how helpful they were to the people and how much um, they really enjoyed the interactions with humans. I was really impressed with that. All right, so when we come back, I think we're going to uh, finish up with, we got one more excursion that I think we should talk about and then talk about in the last segment, not get it, giving it enough time, but the rest of our trip, the other four days we had in uh, Cape Town and George and along the coast and, and all the things we saw there. So when we return, we'll talk about our final few days in South Africa. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait, firearms, and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. 
Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. I was out on my motorcycle, and a car came out of nowhere and hit me, and I was hurt bad. My life was instantly turned upside down. I can't go to work. My bike was totaled. I had some savings, but that's all gone. And on top of all that, the person who hit me didn't have any insurance at all. I just don't know what to do. After you've been in a motorcycle accident, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law. He will answer all of your questions. Kevin Flesh will help you determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. And he has the experience and the knowledge to navigate the complicated maze created by the insurance company designed to minimize your claim. Call Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 to find out how he can help you to get the compensation that you deserve. That's Kevin Flesh, 303 303- 803-806-8886. Call now and get back on the road. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician-owned, family-owned optical stores. At Stack Optical, you can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman's of Colorado. My name is Addie Flesh, and I'm here with my family today talking about our trip to South Africa a couple weeks ago. Um, Bushman's Quiver guided us on this safari, and it was just really fun, and we'll continue to talk about that. Very nice. So when we left off, we were talking about our excursions, and uh, we had one final excursion that, that Kendall, I think, wants to talk about with regard to the ostrich farm and what we learned there. Yes, so in one of our first days in Cape Town or... George. George. We went to an ostrich farm, and it was just an amazing experience because I've always found ostriches to be fascinating. You know, they're the largest bird and um, I'd never really seen any before. We saw one pretty far away on our safari, but um, we got to see so many different ostriches, and we even got to feed them. Like, we would um, hold our hands out and put corn in them, and they'd just eat straight out of your hand, and that felt really strange, but it was just so fun seeing them, and um, there was even one that wasn't in a fence, and so it was just walking around with us. It was really neat to see. So after we fed the ostriches, there was even an ostrich that we got to go sit on because um, usually you would get to ride the ostriches, but it had rained. And so it was all muddy and slippery and they didn't want to hurt the ostriches by like falling or anything. So we did get to sit on them and 
um, they showed us this trick with the ostriches where if you rubbed a certain part of their head, like right behind their brain, they would just fall right asleep because they're like pretty dumb and they have a very small brain. So if you just rub their head the right way, they just like fall right asleep. So that was really neat to see. And um, it was just a really cool experience eating the ostriches. And the eggs. Describe the eggs. Yeah. So there were their eggs were so big and strong, like, um, you could practically stand on them. And, like, previously, um, in different tours, you can stand on them, and they won't break. They're so strong and big, and um, we even got to hold some. And we have, like, a picture of each of us holding a few. And um, they're just really cool. You can make, like, lamps out of them and stuff. They're so neat. And and the... Uh they were saying when we were there that that basically one ostrich egg was the same as what two dozen regular chicken eggs yeah and they said they can like scramble up ostrich eggs or like make a giant omelet or something <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny because the way that the ostrich so they had like a wrangler there that would take care of the ostrich to get it into the into the pen and then they put the the uh basically a hat over the top of the ostrich's head yeah so the ostriches aren't very smart so when they when the guides restricted the ostrich's eyesight they just thought i don't know what they thought they just like didn't remember that there's a guide touching them or something and so when the guide led them into the pen the ostriches would just walk right along when moments earlier they'd been like refusing to go just once they couldn't see they got confused and did whatever the guides wanted them to do so we had that day where we, we got to see the ostrich farm and the ostriches and spend time, and we got to bottle feed an, a giraffe. Do you want to talk about that, Addie? Um, yeah, so also um, at the same ostrich farm, they had two giraffes, and they would let you pet them, and they were really used to humans. Um, so they'd just come right up next to you, and um, they'd like lower their necks, and you could pet them, and um, they're really photogenic. And we got to feed them with bottles of, um, warm milk and it was just really cool to see their long tongues and to just be like feeding a giraffe like that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity so that was that was cool and then so the next day then we went to the uh, we ended up going driving over to the coast and we were able to see penguins so talk about what that experience was like to go from an ostrich farm the biggest animal you know, the biggest bird to penguins which don't fly either and within a 24-hour period of time yeah, so there were just so many penguins out by the water. And what I didn't realize was when penguins swim, they kind of look like loons, like a black and white bird. And their tails kind of come up a little bit, and they just look like ducks swimming along. And I just thought that was really funny. And they'd be swimming along, and then once they hit the shore, the sand, they would just start walking, and it was super funny. Um, and penguins in general, they just look like they're wearing tuxedos, and it was just a really cool experience to see all of them out there so used to humans. And It was neat. It was really... And then the drive from, I would say, from there down to Cape Town where we stayed. I mean, that drive was incredible, just being right on the edge of the ocean and everything else. Absolutely beautiful. They call the first part of it the garden route, and rightly so, because it's just green rolling hills and... Um, but you're also along the coast, and you go by these small seaside towns. It's absolutely beautiful. And then the garden route turns into the wine route as you get closer to Cape Town. And then you start to see vineyards, and um, it's just really, really beautiful. Much different than 
what I was expecting to see in Africa. I think my experience in North Africa, where it is a bit more barren, um, this was so different in South Africa. It's very green. It's hilly. It's it's actually sort of lush. There are trees and bushes and um, and then in this particular, in the wine country area, again, just seeing the vineyards and it's, it was absolutely lovely. And the weather was beautiful as well. We had great weather. It was probably, I think, in the sort of low 70s during the day. Um, when we were on safari, it did get much warmer during the day, but because we were on safari early in the morning and then at night during the middle part of the day when it was the most warm, we would either be getting something to eat where it was cool or we would go back to our little bungalows where it was air conditioned and we'd take a nap. Yeah, it was really, really, really nice. And and I think, you know, all of our accommodations were spectacular. The first night when we were in uh, just outside of Johannesburg where we stayed at the private reserve, that was beautiful. I mean, everybody got, uh, you guys had the upstairs, what did you? of the uh, cabana that we stayed in and the main house and just unbelievable. And the cool thing about that, the first, the first night is the uh, taxidermy that they had that you could start. Well, you, you could see some of the, the animals, some of the big five, right. And you could get a sense of their size, especially like the elephant over the fireplace. And you were like, really, are they that big? And then you get on safari and you realize that they are. And then when we were in George, we stayed in the beautiful, beautiful condo that we stayed in right on the, I mean we had that beautiful view off the deck over in, into the water and mm -hmm. and again just gorgeous cliffside uh, accommodations and then when we were down in Cape Town we had the the nice bed and breakfast that we and we were able to meet people that were there that were uh, for for their own vacations from South Africa and so all of that interaction was really really spectacular and we haven't even talked talked about the food what can we say about the food other than we really like like the rusks <laughs> in the morning <laughs> yeah, the food there is very good. They take their meals very seriously, and you can see that all the chefs and hostesses and stuff, they really care about what they do, and they're not going to serve you a meal that they don't feel like proud to serve, and everything was just really good. And something else we noticed is South Africans eat really fast, and um, here we are as Americans, and we like couldn't keep up, but... Um, yeah, that was just something I noticed. That might have just been FC. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. And we haven't even gotten, we could spend a whole segment on just talking about the winery in the afternoon and the lunch that we had there and, and what a spectacular experience that was. We haven't touched the surface about about our time in Cape Town and, and spending time uh, seeing where the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean meet um, and spending time. Uh, certainly with FC's family and, and doing all of those things. So we may have Stephane's to... Stefan's family. Stefan, sorry. Um, at any rate, so it's one of those things that I think it's such a, an, ex, it's an experience that you have to do yourself to really understand it. I hope that we've given you at least a flavor of what our safari was like and what our time with uh, Bushman Quiver was like and that you go to bushmansquiver.com, you take a look at their website, you call Stefan, you uh, really think about doing a safari in the near future because you won't regret it. And with that, it's another week of Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you for all of you coming in. Mackenzie, thanks for fitting us into your busy schedule. Of course. Kendall yeah. Addy for your volleyball. Always. <laughs> uh, Janet for putting all of this together. Thank you. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week.
and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.